0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Alicia here. Great to have you listening. Lots of different updates for you again this week. But first, I want to remind you of a uh, little opportunity that you may want to enter into. This is the fourth City on a Cloud Innovation Challenge. It's a global program recognizing local and regional governments that are innovating on behalf of their citizens around the globe using the cloud. And um, for the winners, you can get a share in $50,000 in AWS promotional credits, which is pretty exciting. Uh if you want to enter, you can visit aws.amazon.com forward slash state and local forward slash city on a cloud and put in your application. I'll also put the notes in the show notes as well. But let's talk about what has changed, what is new, what's been happening, what things are of interest. One thing that I really like is a new ability to have the EC2 run command as a CloudWatch events target. So we're it together. A couple of really useful services together to make something even cooler. So as a reminder, the EC2 run command is part of EC2 Systems Manager and allows you to operate on collections of EC2 instances and on-premises servers reliably and at scale. Uh, You can do this in a controlled and selective fashion. You can run scripts, install software, collect metrics, log files, manage patches, a whole bunch of stuff on both Windows and Linux. Now, CloudWatch Events lets you track changes to AWS resources in near real time. Basically, you get a stream of system events that you could easily route to one or more targets. Now, in the past, those targets were things like AWS Lambda functions, Amazon Kinesis streams, uh, Amazon SNS topics, etc. Now, you can create CloudWatch Event rules that use the EC2 run command to actually perform actions on your EC2 instances or on-premises services. So you can build all manner of interesting near real-time reaction type things with this combination. Uh, my colleague, Jeff Barr came up with some good ideas, which I tend not agree with. Um, things like final log collection. So if uh, an instance is about to go out of service, you can grab the logs. Um, a really good one is an error log condition. Let's say you detect something weird has happened, an anomaly, an application crash, et cetera. You can use the EC2 run command to automatically get those logs. Um, instance coordination so you can do rebalancing of workloads and other interesting ideas. Really, the options are endless. It's really up to you to configure what you want. The integration is available today and is there for you to use, so go for it. Now, for those of you who have listened to me for any length of time, firstly, thank you. Uh, secondly, you'll know that I'm always going on about spot instances. And the reason is I really, really like them as a mechanism to run workloads at far lower cost, particularly transient workloads or stateless workloads. Now, Amazon Elastic MapReduce obviously builds clusters of quite stateless instances, so things that spin up to be used as worker nodes and then spin down again for big data type applications. And Amazon EMR now supports what are called instance fleets. Now this gives you a much wider variety of options and intelligence around your instance provisioning. So you can now provide a list of up to five instance types with corresponded weighted capacities and spot bid prices. So this also includes spot blocks, And the nice thing is that email automatically provision both on-demand and spot capacity across these instance types when creating your cluster. So this makes it easy for you to get the capacity you want at the prices you want as well. Now you can do this through the console, you can do this through the API, et cetera. The console is actually really nice because you can visualize what it is you're doing, what you're allocating, and you can see the different combinations of CPU, memory and storage as well, which may be relevant to the particular workloads that you're using. So as always, if you're using Amazon EMR, you should be taking advantage of Spot wherever it makes sense. This just made it a lot easier. Now talking about making things easier, reserved instances is something we wanna make easier for customers all the time. So EC2 reserved instances give you a significant discount on your EC2 usage. Um, It can be up to 75% when compared to on-demand pricing. Uh, It can also be useful as a capacity reservation when the RIs are purchased for use in a specific availability zone. Now, effective March the 1st of 2017, we've introduced what's called instance size flexibility. And this means your regional RIs are now even more flexible. So any regional Linux or Unix RI with shared tenancy, now apply to all sizes of instances within an instance family and AWS region, even if you're using them across multiple accounts using consolidated billing. So rather than get into the super, super detail, let me give you a really simple example of what this means, and you can kind of work backwards from there. So let's say you already own an RI for a C4, eight extra large. So now this RI would apply to any usage of a Linux or Unix C4 instance with shared tenancy in the region. So Sydney region, uh, Virginia region, etc. So for example, if you have that one C4 8X large, obviously you could run one C4 8X large instance or two C4 4X large instance or four C4 2X large instances or 16 C4 large instances. Now, all different combinations could work. You could use a combination of C4, 4X large and eight C4 large instances, mix and match within the family as much as your heart's content. Now, you don't actually have to do anything. That's the important thing. This flexibility is available now and is applied automatically to your original Linux and Unix RIs with shared tenancy. You don't have to do anything for it. The other nice thing is if you've got an RI but it's not big enough for the instance that you're using. So let's say um, you've got uh, an RI for a C4 4X large, but sometimes you scale up to a C4 8X large, you only get charged the prorated on-demand price for the excess. So again, you're only paying for what you use when you use it. So this new flexibility for EC2 reserved instances is available and is already operational. So you may already see some savings filtering through your bill straight away. Now, one of the oldest services we have is the Amazon Simple Email Service. And this is a really handy service for sending bulk or transactional emails to your customers to do things like password resets, newsletter updates, et cetera. It is the classic undifferentiated heavy lifting of IT that I like to talk about. And it's one of my favorite services because it does a lot of good stuff really easy. Yet I remember for a long time talking to my customers about the need to warming up the IP addresses that they use with simple email service so that their reputation gets built over time. This is tied into the use of dedicated IP addresses that you can get, which are reserved exclusively for your own email sending. Now, in the past, if you leased dedicated IPs, you had to implement your own warm-up mechanism, which basically meant you started using them gradually, building up a positive reputation, and then growing over time. Now, with automatic warm up, you don't have to create this warm up process yourself. Amazon SES does it automatically for you by gradually increasing the number of emails you send through those dedicated IPs based on a predefined warm up plan. And this increases every day until you reach a maximum of 50,000 emails within 45 days. Now, that's not the maximum you can send, it's just the maximum the warm up does. So, this helps you build up over time, and you can read more information about that. Another really interesting that it's been available recently is something called the Amazon Cloud Directory. Now, Amazon Cloud Directory lets you build flexible cloud native directories for organizing hierarchies of data across multiple dimensions. So you can use this for organizational charts, course catalogs, device registries, a whole bunch of different things. And what the team have released is a new API the list object parent paths API. Now this is a really interesting API because it lets you query faster for all parent paths of an object across multiple dimensions. So this is important because it means you can get all the data you need in one call, irrespective of the number of parents that you're trying to get at the same time. So the team gave a really good example. They said, if you have an expense approval application that was built using a traditional solution, you probably have to do a query to get the organizational reporting structure, for the list of the expense approvers, then another query to get the cost center hierarchy to get budget data. With Cloud Directory API, you can get it with one simple call. So this is a very powerful API that's been introduced. So I want to bring it to your attention because kind of nice. Speaking kind of nice, and we're going to close with this one because it kind of tops and tails the podcast quite nicely. At the start of the podcast, we talked about using the ec2 run command along with CloudWatch events. And now I'm going to talk about using the Amazon API Gateway with the AWS Certificate Manager or ACM. Now, you can now configure custom domains for your APIs on Amazon API Gateway using SSL TLS certificates that are provisioned and managed by the AWS Certificate Manager. So in the past, you had to buy your own SSL certificates and upload them to the API gateway so that you could have a custom domain for your API. So, you know, yourcompany.com, whatever, um, to do secure communication with your APIs, which is, of course, a good thing and something you want to do. Now, you can actually have AWS Certificate Manager do that for you because it is itself a service that lets you provision, manage, and deploy uh, SSL and TLS certificates for use with AWS services. It now integrates with the API gateway. So, now you can do the security part and the operational part together in one simple go. Very nice, very handy integration to make life just a little bit easier. And really, that's what it's about trying to reduce the number of steps you need to go through to do something and get you delivering value to your own business really, really fast. So, as ever, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. We'd love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com. And until next time, keep on building.